Welcome to Fitzarns Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer, designed to keep you informed and captivated about the South African residential property market. Subscribe to our channel today and enjoy conversations with some of the most influential, innovative and interesting industry experts, stakeholders and scheme executives as they render input in today's property market. Hi, hello everyone. Welcome to Fidzani Estate's very first property exchange. I'm both excited and privileged to introduce my first guest, a reckoned property investor, an experienced landlord, an accomplished businessman, a man with a plan, they say, and a brilliant ally in our property industry. A very warm welcome to Lloyd Monday. So Lloyd, um, where did all of this start? How did you get into real estate? Hi, good afternoon, Pearl. Um, yeah, and thank you for the invitation to speak with you this afternoon. Um, to be quite honest, I don't think I can remember when I was not involved in real estate. Um, from, I think, the fifth year when I started working already, I uh, had started investing in real estate. Um, you know, like most people, you want to get rich quickly and you want to get rich easily. Um, and I couldn't find a better opportunity than the real estate. Um, it's a really simple recipe. Um, you know, I thought you buy a property, you put a tenant in, the tenant pays your bond. Maybe there's a bit of a shortfall for the first three or four years that you have to chip into to keep things going. But then you break yeah. even and then you start making a profit, you know. And um, yeah, I thought this couldn't be easier. You know, this is a simple recipe and we just repeat it over and over. Um, so yeah, you know, I also realized early in my career that Unlike my grandfather who worked for one place his whole life and unlike my father who didn't jump around much either, um, corporations weren't really going to look after me. So I had to look after myself. So even though I had a profession, I um, did this on the sideline and it worked quite well because most of your real estate activity happens after hours. So that was also a bonus. So yeah, I started by buying my first property, paying most of it off and then buying the next one. And uh, carrying on that way. Um, also joined a lot of investor clubs, um, read a lot of books, um, met people along the way. And uh, yeah, I learned to accelerate this process through a bunch of techniques. But the one that particularly jumps to mind is refinancing. And yeah, so I've built up a portfolio now of approximately 55 properties, which um, keeps my wife busy apart from anything else. And, um, yeah, it's treated us well. <laughs> That's awesome. Impressive. Thank you for sharing that. And strange times we live in now. Unfamiliar territory, lockdown. Could we have ever guessed that COVID would happen to us? Well, no, not in my wildest dreams. But uh, something similar, yes. Um you know, in, what was it, 2008, um, when the global, global financial crisis hit us, we also didn't believe that this could happen. Um, strangely enough, it had already started to manifest itself in the United States, and our local financial gurus were still telling us not to worry, you know. Um, South Africa's got a very conservative banking sector, and we've... 
Um, we're a robust economy, and this ain't going to happen to us. And oh, soon afterwards, it, it did, you know. I can remember that, yes. Yeah. So, you know, in real estate, I think that is um, one thing we need to be prepared for, for the unexpected. And um, COVID is, is just another one, um, but, but these things happen. Yeah, in any investment, I suppose there's risk involved. But specifically, how did COVID affect your rental pro- uh, portfolio? Well, you know, if we go back till March, uh, March all was still well. We collected 100% of our rent. Um, April, things dipped a little to 96%. And then in May, down to 85%. And I can still remember watching the rents come in on, on my bank statement and thinking these tenants are crazy, man. If, if I was living through this situation and lockdown and you're unsure of your future income, um, I would be keeping some of that money back. But no, um, 85% of them paid. Um, and then in June, also 85% collected, but uh, things are a little better now uh, in June because in May, the 15% that didn't pay were still living in the flats where in June they've already started to move out and we've started to fill them um, with other people that are just in a more fortunate position. Um, Having said that, I must also say that I think I've done a lot better than most other people. Uh, A close friend of mine, for example, has only collected 30% of his rent. Um, So he's in a much worse situation. And I think it's because I tend to screen my tenants um, more thoroughly than than most people. I would rather take a vacancy than take a poor tenant. Um, And so I think my tenants just generally are in a better uh, position to, to weather the storm. Um, but yeah, in, in a sense, we're also fortunate. Um, you know, and, and one asks, you know, how does this make a person feel? I think one's a bit angry about the illogical or seeming illogical decisions that uh, are made by government and enforced upon us. Um, one tends to feel you can deal with a virus, but, but not this um, misinformation and, 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 and that sort of thing. But so, yeah, so generally, I think we're still cautiously optimistic that things will re- uh, return to normal or the new normal, as they talk about, um, because people will always need a place to stay. And, and that's what we provide, you know. Awesome. I indeed intend to agree with you. You are a very lucky man. If I listen to and I see the figures and stats of some of my landlords, they are much worse off. So I'm very, very happy to hear that. So what do you think would your remedy be for this situation? Well, you know, I look at this from basically um, three perspectives or three markets that I operate in. Um, my tenants, for example, in Centurion, Ferry Glen, Gausfontein, those sorts of areas, um, they're all fine. Uh, I haven't had a challenge with any of them. Uh, flats in the inner city and Pretoria West, um, took a bit of a knock, but the people are already coming back. They're, they're already paying off um, their, their debt or the arrears that, that accumulated during the lockdown. My biggest challenge personally is really the room rentals in Sunnyside. Um, and this is mainly due to the way the institutions of learning have been affected. Um, and we haven't really got to the end of that yet either. Um, you know, I've, one of my tenants last week said that the university had now 
gone virtual with his course till the end of the year. So he doesn't need accommodation anymore. So he left town. Um, and yeah, I think that's still a bit uncertain. Uh, also, I've had tenants that have worked for the Spur, for example, for eight or nine years. And the restaurants, as you know, are still closed. We don't know how that's going to turn. So that's that's a bit of a challenge. Bottom line, I don't, I don't think there's any silver bullet. Um, we'll just chip away at refilling uh, the places that are empty. And, um, yeah, let's hope that things don't deteriorate even worse. You know, you might find people going back to work, but the work is, is not uh, economically sustainable for argument's sake if, if you have to run a restaurant and it's only half full, you know. Um, so I think this could actually drag on for a while. Thank you. Um, it's indeed sad stories that we have to listen to every day. So from what you just said, it seems like um, your non-payers have cooperated. Would you say that? Oh, definitely. Um, I haven't really had much of a challenge. I, you know, one of the challenges, for example, was when lockdown was announced, many of my tenants actually left town. <laughs> it's like uh, the December holidays. Um you know, the CBD empties. Everybody goes back to their rural villages and things like that for, for times like that. So I had non-payers, but the flats, in fact, were empty, locked and empty. Um, but uh, now that they're back, um, I mean, these people have religiously paid their rent for a long time and they feel rotten themselves that they're not able to keep up with the payments. So I think, yeah. you know, we... we we, we speak to them regularly and we and we just find out what the situation is. And many of them will send you a letter and it says as soon as lockdown's mm -hmm. over, they're going back to work. And then it's fine. We ride the storm out with them. Others, we've had to have a conversation and say, you know what, waitering's not coming back for a long time. Um, and they've realized it themselves and they've either found other work and said, hang on, or um, they've actually moved out. So, so yes, um, you know, they've been they've been great. I really can't complain. And um, I'm not one for evictions. I don't even start the, the legal process. Um, also, again, because of my unique situation, you know, I can't afford a 30,000 rand legal collection process on a property that's rent is three or 4,000 rand a month, you know. So the legal framework really is not supportive of someone in my position. And, um, yeah, so we operate in, you know, in a different way. You really do sound like an awesome landlord. And uh, from this, I take that communication is indeed key. That brings me to the next, next question, perhaps an unfair question. How long do you think will it take to recover from this? Will we ever? Um, I'm sure we would. Um, the... You know, everybody needs a place to stay. So I think from, a, from, from our perspective, we may be better, better placed than somebody else. I was just talking to a financial planner yesterday and I said to him, you know, I'm in this business because my great grandfather lived through the depression. And he told me that, uh, you know, you had to, the guys that did the best then were people that were qualified, had good jobs, stuck it out and people that had property. And so in the back of my mind, I've always thought it's a good idea to have real estate because it'll help one in times like this or difficult times like they even went through. But he was correct in, in, in 
bringing to my attention that they lived in different times and, and in different situations and 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 that's how it panned out for them. Our story is probably going to be different. Um, we've seen companies like Zoom's profitability go through the roof, um, all the virtual technologies and, and that sort of thing. And we're going yeah. to see other other markets collapse. So it's very difficult. I don't, you know, they talk about this new normal. Um, we're not going to um, go back to what things were. Um, things are going to be different. And so, yes, maybe my student accommodation um, or young professional accommodation part of my business is not going to be the same. But, uh, yeah, people will still need a place to live. And fortunately for that, um, that'll help well, fortunately. us. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, I would like to know the role or services of a rental or managing agent. Um, what is your opinion on this? Well, in short, they're, they're totally indispensable. I've seen many buildings try and uh, manage themselves, go into what they call self-management, and it's a disaster. Even in the smallest of places, you know, in, in a case where um, – there were four units in a building. I owned one and another guy owned the other three. Even then, um, between us, we couldn't get the discipline right of holding AGMs, of voting, of not fighting <laughs> about things. We um, do that often, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I tell you, to, to get your priorities aligned. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think the managing agents are indispensable in terms of just keeping the peace um, and, and giving legal advice when one needs to make decisions uh, often, and you know it, I'll phone you and say, I'm wanting to put in water meters. How do we go about this? What is a quorum? How long do we need to give notice? Uh, all those sorts of things. Um, so, yeah, the managing oh. agents ensure that we uh, adhere to the Act. Um, they help resolve disputes, um, which are a constant thing between owners. They ensure that all the bills get paid on time. Um, and I think they deal with difficult vendors. I mean, if you take the city of Tswane, uh, you know, if you've got a problem with them, man, uh, you need to specialize in, in dealing with vendors like that. And the managing agents are great at, at building relationships there. Um, the other thing is they buy services in bulk. So um, insurance or um, financial services like drawing up uh, annual financial statements, you know, when you give a company 100 blocks to do, you get a very good price, which is not going, you know, which which um, you're not going to get on your own. Um, I think it's a thankless job, but someone has to do it. Um, again, I, I don't really get involved as much, you know, I try to get as, to be as uninvolved as possible. Um, you know, if you go to these AGMs or you're involved with big buildings, where you've got groups of 20 or 30 people all trying to pull in their own direction. You know, I, I found that wastes my time. So I tend to leave that in the hands of, of, the, um, of, of the other owners and let them fight it out and hopefully come to good decisions among themselves. But where I do get involved is in small buildings. So often you'll have a building with six units, four units. You hold an AGM, none of the owners pitch. Um, so in that case, um, I do get involved closely with the managing agents and we run the buildings. But as soon as anybody else wants the job, they welcome to it. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, it's so good to hear that there are some of our investors, landlords, members of body corporates that realize the challenges we are faced with day to day. So lastly, what will your advice be for future investors? Do you think that it's still worthwhile investing in property specifically? Oh, very much so. Um, and that's why I'm still in the game. I think, uh, you know, one of the things one needs to do or new investors, they really need to identify niche, so a, a certain type of property that they're interested in. Um, you know, I see people battle when they've got one property in Durban and one in Pretoria and one year. Um, I think, you, you, you know, you're really making life for yourself difficult. So, you know, choose a niche. Um, it could be Airbnb sorts of, of business you want to do, or it could be holiday yeah. accommodation, or it could be student, or whatever it might be. But choose a niche and, and, and stick to it, you know. The other thing is you need to be consistent and tenacious. Um, I don't think you must be in a hurry. Uh, real estate takes time. Um, to long-term long investment. Yeah. yeah, you know, you get these youngsters that are all um, energetic and they'll buy a property, do it up, flip it, sell it, buy next one, flip it, sell it. Um, you can do that, but um, I haven't seen many people uh, doing it for too long. It, it, you know, the, the taxes and, and transaction costs just, just kill you in that sort of a thing. But, I mean, if you want to, that that's open to you to, be, to do as well. Um I'd also recommend for young investors to become a trustee, <laughs> get to know the inner workings of the market and your fellow investors at, at AGMs and so on. It's great to, to meet other people in the same boat and exchange war stories. Um, you know, and I'd also say don't get despondent. I've, um, you know, people, yeah, you know, I, I want to sort of link that with, with you need to build up a, a good network of, of, suppliers or um, people that can help you. I've seen people sell a flat because of a blocked toilet, you know, a tenant will mm -hmm. phone at eight o'clock at night, his, his toilet's blocked and the guy freaks out because you don't know a plumber. And so this is a major issue now. The next day you've got to get on the phone and the yellow pages and you're phoning us, getting a stranger in there. And then they hit you with a call out fee of arguments like a thousand rand. So you feel ripped off. Um, yeah, and then you get so despondent with the property, you just sell it, you know, because it's become a headache. So yeah. you've got to get a good um, network of, of suppliers around you that, I mean, if someone phones me with a problem like that, it's no problem. I just WhatsApp um, electrician Rodney and say fix, and I know he's not going to rip me off because we've worked together for years. Thank you, Lloyd. Um I found this so informing. Um, it was lovely to chat to you. One is indeed never too old to learn something new. Um, I really um, found great value in talking to a player in our industry. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, I certainly hope you found this informative as well. I'm looking forward to have much more of these chats. Fitzani States, your one-stop property administrator. This was Fitzans Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer. Not only do we keep you informed on the very latest in the property industry, we also empower by expanding your knowledge base. 
make sure to visit www.fitzan.co.za to find out more about sectional title scheme management, letting, sales and trustee training. Remember to subscribe to our channel and follow us on all our social platforms.